Hello and welcome back to The Social Disease. I'm Jasper. And I'm Bridget. And today we are graduating junior high, finally. We're in Degrassi High. We burned down the place and we're moving up. (laughs) We got a brand new theme song that is basically a remix of the original. Which I do not like. I definitely prefer the original, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed to hear that. I was like, oh, we're really off-key this one. All right, let's keep going. Like, one of the lyrics is really clunky. It's like, um... It's the part that, the middle part. Like, right before they say Degrassi High, right? Yeah, it's it's like, I think they say, like, in yourself, you must believe. I was like, why are you butchering the English language (laughs) to to make things rhyme? They were really trying to, like, get artsy with it. To varying success. But I will say, it is way more entertaining than Tegrassi Junior High. I say this as we enter the most boring part of the, (laughs) or the most boring characters in the season. But, yeah, just, it, it really feels like Degrassi. It feels like I am watching some genuine like seasons one through eight of next generation like this is it like i feel i am happy watching this the only thing i have to say is that i'm watching it on one and a half speed on youtube thank god it's on youtube and why is that more of the accurate speed for the (laughs) normal speed jasper it's like their normal conversation like speed and when it's like up (laughs) on like times um I don't know one and a half well i watch on my dvd so i can't relate oh okay you should watch one episode on youtube sped up because it just is it's insane how much faster it goes and it makes way more sense and they're really slow when it's not when it's on normal speed i guess there are like a lot of like interlude scenes in general it's that and i their conversations just take forever they really, they really talk like this, <laughs> it feels like. What do you expect from 15-year-olds that they pulled off the street, honestly? Well, I will say their acting is significantly better, though. Like, I don't know if they all went to some sort of summer camp where they all had to actually get acting skills taught to them, but I think every single one's a good actor. I think that they they really stepped up their game. Especially with the the heavier plots that they have this season yeah I'm very impressed that's what I'm saying like it really feels like next generation honestly yeah this season was a banger not gonna lie I know part of me wishes we just didn't do junior high (laughs) it was so bad but I feel like without junior high you don't have the context of a lot of like the important things like especially like in this episode Kathleen I feel like her her arc this season doesn't work as well without what we know about her already that's a very good point I was thinking that as well like you definitely need to have watched the previous seasons to understand all the characters because they don't really go back in time and tell us anything about them it's kind of just assumed that we did watch all of those seasons. Yeah, so we we had to suffer to be in a good place now. And now we're going to suffer a little bit more with 
just some of the like C plots, I would say. Except Kathleen. Kathleen's definitely a B plot, A plot character, but the rest are sitting at some C plots right now. Yeah. Well, half of these characters only have one plot. <laughs> so Right. Which is why this episode should not be nearly as long as we as we usually do. So we just need a a, a little bit more before we get to the good plots. So stick with us. But now <laughs> bear with us or fast forward to Kathleen. Up to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so for our first segment, we're gonna have Scooter, Tessa, Amy, and Allison all bunched together because why do they even have plots this season, honestly? So I like that. <laughs> for Scooter and Tessa, their first plot is that Tessa has a crush on Scooter. And she wants to go to the dance with him, but she doesn't want to ask him herself. And her friend Dorothy convinces her to ask him, and he says yes. And then Scooter is worried that he doesn't know how to slow dance, so his good friend Bart (laughs) helps teach him. So they find a classroom after school to practice in. Some of the upperclassmen, of course, see them dancing. Two boys, oh my god, so scandalous. (laughs) Um, And they make fun of them. And then at the dance, Scooter is way too formal dancing with Tessa, and it's super awkward. So, a little funny, some mild homophobia going on there. Love to see it. And then the last thing that they have is where their class has a science test coming up, and Tessa is worried about flunking. So, she goes to ask Alex for help, because he always does well in the class, And then Alex reveals that the science teacher reuses the same test every single year. And he has all of his older brother's exams from when he took the class. So Alex photocopies the old exam, gives it to Tessa, and tells her to not tell anybody. Famous last words, because Tessa then gives the test to Scooter, who ends up giving it to other people, and it ends up spreading to the whole class. So what ends up happening is the entire class aces the exam. And the teacher catches on and gives them a new exam. We don't know how they do on this new exam, but they were very mortified when they found out they were having an exam. That's it for them. And then Amy and Allison have one single plot. They are usually just in the background, just being little blonde bimbos. But for the first time, and what I think is the only time that they are given a plot, is that Amy and Allison are discussing who they might go to the dance with. And Allison mentions that she is completely over Snake from last year. I believe that's referring to the whole Melanie debacle that was going on in last season. And so Allison, like, fucks off. And she, like, starts flirting with some upperclassmen to ask her. And then Amy ends up getting asked by Snake. Also, just a disclaimer, I might be mixing up Amy and Allison's names right here about who exactly did what. Because I honestly could not tell you who is who. (laughs) So... (laughs) Going off the assumption that Allison had the crush on Snake and Amy gets asked by Snake. Allison then gets mad when she finds out that Amy is going to the dance with Snake because apparently she lied and she actually still likes Snake, saying that Amy is a bad friend for going with him. So they end up being catty to each other in the days leading up to the dance. When they get to the dance, they get into a fight about boys and such. And in the bathroom, they're like, hey, that's my shirt. Give it back. Those are my shoes. Give it back. So they end up stripping in the bathroom. And (laughs) when other girls come into the bathroom and see them half naked, they're like, oh, 
this is funny. You're my friend again. And that is it for Amy and Allison. <laughs> That's it. Nice. Easy. Okay. Next. Or are we going to talk about them? Well, that's all four of them. Oh my god, that was so fast. Sorry. I feel like I only listened. <laughs> I like zoned in and out. Alright. Let's talk about Scooter and Tessa. Am I dumb? Is Dorothy Arthur's sister? Arthur's cousin. Arthur's cousin. And but, she's the one who had a crush on Yick, right? Yes. But but remember, Dorothy is Arthur's real life sister. Oh, that's what it was. Because I was like, they look so similar. And I couldn't remember why. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. But however, I do want to point out a continuity error. Sure. Because Dorothy is the year below Arthur. We established that last season. And Scooter is in Arthur's grade, but is a year younger because he skipped a grade. And Bart, who is Scooter's friend, is the same age as Scooter, but is in the grade below him. But okay. now, all all of these characters, like Dorothy and Bart, and what I'm assuming is Tessa, they are all in the same class as Arthur and Yick in this season. So I'm like, did they, like, skip a grade? Oh, are... wait, do they say they're in the same class? Or are you just assuming that because they're all in the high school? They're all in the high school, and we see them, like, in the science test episode, all of them are taking the same test yeah the science test episode is weird because it's also caitlin's in that class and joey's supposed to be a year younger and then arthur is also there and then so are tessa and like there's like three grades of people it feels like are in that class yeah that's why i was like it it seems like either all of these younger characters got retconned into being a year older because i guess it makes sense because those characters would be in eighth grade and wouldn't be in the high school anymore well, they would they would be because the middle school burned down. That's true. I think they might just have a general science class, which would make sense why. Because then Caitlin's also in class with Scooter and who's the other one? Shoot. Bart. Bart. Sorry. They were in like the same computer science class or something. Like there was a point where they all walked out together. So I think there's just a mixing of the grades but I think it is because the middle school got burned down so it like made sense for all of them to just be there and now yeah. they're just mixing them together yeah I guess it makes sense why they're there since the middle school is gone but that's my only guess for why they're there because otherwise they look like they're really really tiny children yeah especially in comparison to like the older characters have actually gone through puberty at this point <laughs> so... oh my god yeah like cloud Claude, or whatever the hell his name is Looking like a creepy, like, 21-year-old dude hanging out at a high school with a weird-ass goatee. <laughs> it's so scary looking. Caitlin looks like a child. Like, it's just too much for me with him. <laughs> oh, we'll get there next time. <laughs> I did think it was cute that Bart was showing Scooter how to dance at school. It just shows that they're just cute little friends. I feel like that would have been Arthur and Yick. Arthur and Yick never would have helped each other dance. Well, pre-Arthur getting money would have, because Yick's just too bitter about Arthur being rich. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like, that's literally where we're at with that. Yeah, I did think it was cute. I'm glad, I guess, that the, the little teasing that was through the window while they were dancing didn't become anything more. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm glad like it just it doesn't seem like they're in the business of bullying the youngest people in the building just the freshmen for initiation purposes yes they looked out and who was tessa running around with scooter last year who was running around at the dance yeah. it was tessa yeah, they, they, were, they were the ones who found the the fire right isn't so. it so crazy that tessa and scooter are love interests and then what happens to tessa later on yeah, it just doesn't add up to me right now because she's still so little. She's so little. And you guys will see what we're talking about in a season. I mean, I'm sure everybody listening already knows. True. But yeah, they were cute little first crush. So overall, do you ship Tessa and Scooter? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, fair. I don't think we know enough about either of them to, like, care too much. They're very much like a... They're not even, like, an Emma and Sean to me. I don't even know who I can compare them to that uh, I, like, cared less about. Tessa is just getting in the way of Scooter and Bart. I'll say it. <laughs> hey, I mean, everyone else is thinking it, too, when they were dancing away. Yeah. I could respect that. I think that would that would be really cute. I'd be into it. I do like Scooter and Tessa as friends, though. I think they could be good besties. Yeah, I think we need more, like, girl-guy friends. We don't really have that many that are, like, just friends. Yeah, it's kind of like, I'm thinking about Lucy and the girls being friends with Joey and the the Zits. Like, they're, they're friends, but kind of, like, you're, you're annoying type of <laughs> friend, you know? Yeah, but the only thing about that is that Erica, no, I'm sorry. Heather ends up making out with one of them. Yes, that's true. But no one's interested in Snake or Joey, but like fair with Joey because Joey is Caitlin's drama. So, <laughs> and Snake's but you're right. I think Lucy, Lucy's pretty much friends with everybody. She's got that good thing going on. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about the test? Yeah. Honestly, I hope that this is the last middle school plot we ever get. I mean, they always got to throw in some appropriate plots, I guess. It was fine. I was just like, I know where this is going to go the second <laughs> it started, you know? Yeah, I wonder if this was the OG make a copy of the test plot, though. Because, like, I don't know if it's been done before, but I've read a book where it's been done before. I I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, and this was in, like, the 80s, too, so it probably was just like, haha, let's make a copy of the test. I do like that the teacher never, like, fully accuses them of cheating, though. I will say they're just like yeah you guys all did so well obviously I'm just too good take another one well it's not like he had any proof they cheated that's true too what teacher like makes the same test every year have you never had a teacher like that I don't work with any now that do that I guess it's a lot easier with technology to just not do that yeah like I don't know about high school because I am the oldest so it's not like I had any hand-me-downs but um, in college, like, the professors would, like, very, they would tell us they used the same exam every year. <laughs> what? What a joke. So, like, there were some exams where I was not in a frat or anything, but I know that frats and sororities would, like, hoard old exams for studying and stuff like that. So I know that that was a thing for sure in college anyway. 
Yeah, that's true. I think my sorority like tried to do it, but people were too scared about getting caught. Mm-hmm. But that's true. I actually think there was a plot in um the Sex Life of College Girls that was about that. Hoarding the tests. Yeah. See, we're literally talking about other shows. That's how more interesting they are than this. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to just go to Amy and Allison then for their little something something? Yeah, overall, between like Scooter, Tessa, Bart, Dorothy, like they're just keeping us at that middle school level. They're just like wrapping it up for us, you know, doing those little C plots, keeping it innocent. I, I respect it. It's not my thing. That's why Degrassi Junior High was rough, but we'll we'll take what we can get, I guess. They had to just bring it along for a little bit longer. Exactly. All right. Yeah, let's go on to Amy and Allison. I think you're right. I don't know who's who. And I really was trying to figure out, do we like, have we met them before? Were they in the, the last season? They were, right? Yeah, they were the ones when Melanie had the crush on Snake. Melanie was jealous that Snake was talking to one of them. Yes. And, and then they were making fun of her for doing the makeup. Right. That's what I was thinking. But then I was like, they look way older than they did last year. They are in Snake's grade, so they're supposed to be 10th graders. Okay, so they probably did hit some puberty or something and, and look older. I thought it was so funny, though. Honestly, I like their plot way better than Scooter and Tessa. I thought it was so real for her to be like, um, you're just supposed to know that I was lying to you about having a crush on a guy. I was like, that's hilarious, because same, probably. <laughs> but it was, I was just like, girl, you explicitly said you don't like him. I guess there is like girl code where it's like, you can't go after a guy that I liked before. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the problem was was that he didn't like her back. If she had ended it with him, I think it would have been a different story. Like, then it's like, okay, at least I had the upper hand in this. But it's more embarrassing that you get rejected and then he's interested in your, like, best friend. Yeah. I just feel like this plot was hinging on me being invested in Amy and Allison as best friends. And I was like, I don't know who they are. Why do I care that they're attached at the hip? They're just trying to bring in more, I don't know. They just kind of remind me of, Kathleen and Melanie like you were saying right because Kathleen and Mel well it's Melanie right that Kathleen's friends with yes yeah they kind of just remind me of like an older them but like not as interesting I basically just saw them as like the mean girl archetype where like you know they're both pretty and blonde I think what's also confusing is that they don't really show that they they're not friends with Snake and Joey and wheels like they don't hang out with them so her being like I have a crush on snake like it was just so forgettable in the last season Mm -hmm. that now we were like oh are we supposed to remember that yeah because don't they also Joey said that he would pay them to be in their bikinis in the music video right oh yeah that too so it's not like I've never seen them before I just don't know why they have been elevated to the point where they've gotten a plot because, like, there, there's many characters in the show who I know, but they've never gotten a plot. Like, Nancy, um, Tim. Yep. There's several others. Who's um, the guy with the glasses? Is that... Oh, Alex? Alex. Like, he... I mean, he 
I think he deserves at least a little bit more than they do. Yeah, that's why I'm like, these these girls just should have stayed in the background rather than wasting, like, not that they got much in this episode, but, like, they could have given it to anybody else and I would have been happier because it's somebody who I know and care more about. Right, yeah, I totally agree. And he, and Snake ended up, I don't even know what ended up happening. I don't remember. Did they even stay together, him and whichever one he ended up going to the dance with? The episode <laughs> ended with, with their fight in the bathroom. So, right, and then we don't see him again. Yeah. So there was really no point. I think if anything, Snake should just went out with Erica, and Wheels could have went out with Heather, and we could have all called it a day. Well, but Wheels notably does not like Heather. I know, but then it would have been even more dramatic. I just I'm trying to think of any other way. Like we just didn't need Amy and Allison. Sorry, guys. Yeah, like. I, I appreciate their existence as, like, you know, the the two pretty girls who are attached to the hip. They're always around, but I don't need them to have an actual plot, especially because I don't think they get another plot after this. So, just, like, why? You know what? You know what would have been better, now that I'm thinking about it? If they just continued them having beef with Caitlyn and Melanie that would have been like a funny instead of like them being bullied by like the random other people we don't even know like let them bully them that would have worked because then at least it would have made sense it would have like been consistent yeah I agree there you go I'm rewriting it (laughs) but otherwise I have nothing else to say about Amy and Allison or Scooter and Tessa (laughs) for that matter that's fair so speaking of characters who I didn't know before this season and they suddenly have plot relevance, we have Diana. So Diana gets like her own episode. Like she is the A plot of a, of an episode. When I first saw this episode, I was like, wait, who is she? But anyway, the one plot she has is that Diana is smoking up in her bedroom <laughs> and she's smoking out the window so that her brother doesn't catch her. And the next day at school, she is complaining about how she is always seen as the nerdy goody two-shoes, and she wants to be more like the fun and spontaneous characters in the book that they're reading in class, especially because her brother and her mom, apparently her dad died when she was little, so now her brother, who who is significantly older, like he's like definitely in his mid-20s, is really like the one in charge of her, and he doesn't really let her do anything fun like go out with her friends on Friday and forces her to go to Greek school. So... We find out that she has been smoking to make herself seem cooler. We see this when I think they're at the library or something, and Luke and Yik, do they ask Caitlin to go out and smoke? I forget who, but whoever they ask says no, and Diane is like, yo, can I come? So she joins, and Miss Avery catches on with them all leaving as a pack, and she catches them smoking outside and calls home, and Diana's brother grounds her. Which is very unfortunate because she was excited about a party that is happening at the end of the week that she was telling her brother was just a sleepover with her friend. Now that she's grounded, she can't go at all. So she makes a plan to sneak out to the party because her brother works nights and her mom being, I guess, from Greece, she like goes to bed early or something. (laughs) So... She sneaks out to the party, she brings some cigarettes and alcohol, and she and Melanie get trashed. Especially when Yik, who Diana was excited to see at the party, does not show up. 
of course, what happens is her brother shows up to the party because her mom found her like pile of pillows in her room and got super upset, called the friend who she was supposed to be with. Brother shows up to the party, takes her home, and they have a whole argument about how he won't let Diana grow up and figure out who she is as a person. After this whole fight, they end up having an agreement that Diana could have more freedom if she, one, agrees to quit smoking, and two, agrees to continue to go to Greek school. She seems happy with this arrangement, but the episode ends very abruptly when Melanie asks, do you think you'll actually quit smoking? And the credits roll. The other time they did this, and it annoyed the shit out of me, was when they did it with, um, oh my god, what's her name? The main character for the first few seasons of Junior High. Who? Stephanie? Yes, yeah. Because they were like, but would you have had sex? And she just is like... Oh, yeah. And they're like, credits roll. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. It's just like, what is the point? It's just, it feels like they end the episode in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, as like a cliffhanger that they're never going to address again. I guess they're trying to be like, asking the audience that question, perhaps? Like, oh, maybe you should ask yourself. Should I quit smoking? But anyway, so Diana, I think, is even more egregious as, like, an elevated character than Amy and Allison, because I literally did not know who Diana was before this episode. I don't think I ever acknowledged her existence before. I was just like, wait, who is she? Was she, like, friends with Alex and them last in middle school? I honestly could not tell you. Because I feel like she looked familiar. So I wasn't, like, completely caught off guard. Like, she looked like a background character that I, like, knew. But it just felt like a giant PSA. Yeah. For for smoking. That's really what it felt like. Like, this was so random. Did they not think of any other character that would smoke? Like, easily Liz would. We could just make that up. Who cares, right? She doesn't have any plots in in this season so far. Just let her be the smoker. That would maybe fit with her anti-choice <laughs> propaganda that she's pulling yeah which i have a lot to say about that but that's for another day yeah <laughs> but yeah i guess I, I could say that i recognize diana's face but i could not tell you who, what her name is you know that's where my yeah. thing is where it's like i i could tell you that amy and allison are characters in the show i could be like oh yeah that that diana girl she is on degrassi i could not tell you what her name is but <laughs> She's there. <laughs> She's there. I'm kind of, oh, that's, okay, I'm looking at your notes. You're so right. She's definitely a, a Vula replacement. Yeah, like, that was my only thought as to why they elevated Diana. Because they go, they, they talk a lot about how Diana is Greek, right? And how, like, her parents are immigrants and such. And that obviously calls back to Vula from a couple seasons ago who was also having problems with living with her immigrant parents and also being Greek. (laughs) The connection that I was making for Diana's brother and Diana's clan in general is that she's kind of like a mix of Rick because she was like living with her brother and he was kind of in charge and that's where like Rick ended up. Rick was living with his brother and there was another character that came to mind too for her she kind of reminded me of riley a bit because of the whole greek situation but yeah mostly like they kind of got rid of rick and they kind of got rid of 
Mula and then kind of made Diana that like character for that one episode only. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I could see that actually because even though I was thinking that Diana is a Vula replacement, I don't think that Vula would ever be the person who would smoke or like be as bratty as she angsty. is in this episode. What'd you say? I said angsty. Angsty, yeah. She's I don't an angsty think... teen. I, I, Willow was definitely angsty with her crush on Stephanie, but oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think Vula would ever be as bratty towards her parents like Diana is towards her brother here. Yeah, no, definitely not. I think Diana is just so sick of her family, even though we have we know nothing about them at all, yeah. and just like the strict thing. Degrassi loves to pick strict Greek families like is a is being greek like popular in canada like is that a thing like i don't even know i don't so know random because i was thinking of like in general when else do we explore immigrant families on degrassi and riley is one of them i'm not sure if riley's yeah. parents were immigrants themselves actually but there was the big emphasis on riley being greek for sure but then for actual immigrants we have manny with the her her family's from the Philippines and that was a whole thing right especially mm. with the boob job you know <laughs> absolutely yep and then the biggest one I think the Bendaris that's my one of my fa- all-time favorite Degrassi arcs so same thing it's very strict and then gotta be flexible yes and then I was also thinking Zig a little bit but after Zig got kicked out of home we didn't really see his family ever again <laughs> Yeah, I like forgot about that too because that was odd. That was very weird. Zig joined a gang or whatever. So yeah, you know, as it as it goes. So as we see, people who have immigrant parents tend to act out. At least Degrassi likes to tell us that. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of Diana, I hated her. I honestly wanted to smack her in the face the entire episode. Wow, I didn't realize you didn't like her that much. Okay. I mean, did you like her? I mean, I like a good character that pisses their parents off. I think it's fun. It's it's more fun than watching friggin' Amy and Allison or like Scooter and Tessa. I guess so. She was just so bratty. Yeah, I guess in that sense, sure. It's tough because we we don't have like any background, like you said. We don't know any of the character. Like we've never met her before, so we don't know if she has this not like right, but yeah, this like right to be this rule breaker mm-hmm. as much as she is. Like Lucy, we we know we know the deal. Like her parents aren't around, so like yeah, it makes sense for her to break the rules. But we haven't we don't know anything about Diana. It was a really big jump to an A plot for a character we don't know. Yes. Especially with, like, this whole smoking thing that is unresolved at the end. And then I don't think Diana, similar to all the other, all these other characters, ever get a plot ever again. <laughs> so I'm like, what, what was the point? Like, this, like, even the same exact storyline could have gone to anybody else. Yeah, like I said, Liz would be have been a good fit. We already know her. She's, like... Well, I don't know, because now apparently Liz is, like, super conservative all of a sudden, even though she was, like, a liberal environmenting lover person. 
So maybe not her, but anyone. Kathleen, Melanie, any whatever. You're right. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It was really just like, what was the message here? Communicate with your family about what you don't like. <laughs> don't smoke. And then when they are like we'll meet you halfway don't meet them halfway just lie yeah <laughs> so i got out of it i was just not entertained by this episode yeah i mean it was anything else interesting going on in that episode i was trying to remember uh like probably not it looks this like the a plot joey let's see what was he doing in that episode Joey's always up to something. Was this when he got a learning disability? Was it the same episode? Oh, I think that was the end. Oh, no. The, the B plot of this episode was Joey convinces the guys to go to a strip club. Yep. Yep. Because it was just the two. Those were the only things that were going on. Yeah. I remember that. Both were horrible. I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> okay. So if I guess out of Diana, Amy, and Allison, and Scooter, and Tessa, Diana's your least favorite? 100%. I hated her in this episode. Alright, good to know. Ranking out of those those guys. I think out of the most interesting, I'll put her at the top for sure. Interesting? I mean, I'm... like, I was so bored with the other... The other ones were all, like, five minutes. She I was guess... at least half the episode. I guess that's true. I guess because it was more time I was more offended by it <laughs> you were like get me off of this Degrassi train yeah, pretty much that's so funny yeah that's that's all I got all right cool we'll move into Kathleen yeah let's do it to wrap things up with Kathleen she has really the only interesting plot in this group of characters unfortunately <laughs> that's true so she starts off she's walking in the hallway with melanie and she's saying that she feels like now that she's in high school she feels like she should have a boyfriend she's all she's all grown up now she needs a boyfriend and pretty much immediately she bumps into upperclassman scott who tells her that she should sign up for the school play so she does that and he then invites her with him to go to the football game. He is always, he always has like his Letterman jacket on where the letters are falling off the back. So she ends up having a fun time with Scott and his friends at the football game. So it seems like the start of a budding relationship there. Also in this episode, we have Tavi, who is one of the upperclassmen who hazes all of the new students. And she and her friends are crowding Kathleen and Melanie's locker. And every time that they are trying to get their books and stuff, they can't get Tabby to move. And so after her date with Scott, Kathleen is feeling on top of the world, super confident. So she goes up to Tabby and tells her off, being like, what the fuck do you think? This is my locker. This is my space. Get out of here. Tabby is like, you're a freak and just goes away. And Kathleen gets a round of applause from everybody in the hallway. <laughs> so good for her. Soon after that, we establish that Kathleen and Scott are like now going steady and such. And Kathleen is like late leaving the school or something. So 
she goes up to Scott's car and then he grabs her and pulls her hair. And she's like, oh, stop, you're hurting me. He apologizes. But the next day he gets her a necklace to make up for it. We then find out that Kathleen did not get a part in the school play and she is feeling super sad about it. One of her friends is telling her like, oh, you are actually really good. It's probably just because you're a freshman. Like the big parts usually just go to the upperclassmen because they have seniority and such. But when she goes to tell Scott that she didn't get in and that maybe she'll do some community theater instead to make up for it, Scott tells her that she is a bad actress and that is why she didn't get a part. She's just not good enough and she's never going to be good enough. Later, as part of a class assignment, she gets paired with Luke and Scott sees them talking about their project in the, in the hallway. So Scott pulls her aside, pushes her against the locker to yell at her for apparently flirting with Luke. It's kind of a scary scene, like they're all alone in this dark hallway. Fortunately, Melanie and Diana are like walking by and they see this happening. And when it's all over, they try to talk to her about it. But Kathleen says that she deserved it because she made him mad. She was flirting with Luke and that he really loves her, especially when he sends her flowers through her house to say sorry. Even though she did tell Scott that she would stay away from Luke, she ends up lying to Scott about working with Luke after school for their assignment. It's like an acting thing. Kathleen's really into acting these days, so she is like actually excited to do this assignment. But when she starts taking a long time, I think it's because Luke was really late to meet up with her. So Scott ends up looking for her, ends up finding her and Luke rehearsing together in a classroom. He basically tells Luke to go away, and then he throws her around the classroom and beats her up, saying that nobody could ever possibly love her. So Kathleen is really bruised and beaten up from all of this, and the next day, this, this was kind of the breaking point where he comes back and apologizes again, but Kathleen resists him and says, I'm done with you, I can't be with you anymore. That's the end of that episode. A couple episodes pass, and then we meet up with Kathleen again, where I think they're in the cafeteria, She's eating with her friends, and Scott comes up to apologize again. And Kathleen fortunately rebukes him and says, get away from me. At the same time, Kathleen, Melanie, and Diana are talking about their quote-unquote have-nots club, about like, oh, we have not any boyfriends, we have not popularity and such. And Maya, their friend who is in a wheelchair, is like, oh, that's, that's like a fun club, can I join, guys? They then make plans for the have-nots club to go out for donuts in a couple days because they kind of need to be a bit more logistically conscious with Maya because her mom needs to pick her up due to her being in a wheelchair. However, separately, the girls end up making plans to go to the movies. They're like, oh, we should invite Maya. But uh, I think it's either Kathleen or Diana who are like, oh, but the movie theater we want to go to doesn't have any ramps, so she wouldn't be able to go. We should, I guess we just can't invite her at all. Melanie expresses that she feels bad about doing this, but she kind of, the, the other girls say that like, oh, there's really nothing we could do about it. Maya does end up finding out about the movie. And when the girls try to explain their reasoning, Maya gets mad at them that they decided for her what she can and can't do other than actually talking to her to see if they can make something work. She's like, oh, there's tons of other movie theaters that are showing the exact same movie that do have ramps and that I would be able to go to. So the episode kind of ends there where Maya tells the girls off and they feel bad about being ableist towards their friend. And then finally, 
we go back to Kathleen and Scott. Scott once again comes back to try to apologize to Kathleen. She continues to say, get away from me and ignores him. But he follows her home at one point and tries to give her another gift. And when she doesn't accept it, he grabs her and pushes her to the ground. And the next day at school, she, her arm is in a sling. She ends up calling the police on him for doing this. And she says that she'll do it again if he ever tries to come near her ever again. So Kathleen finally breaks free of his cycle of abuse, fortunately. And that is how the season ends for her. Ooh, you're so right about it being way more interesting, too. And I feel like my point of view on Kathleen has just completely changed in this season for how I how I view her, honestly. You finally like her. Yeah, because it don't make her, like, unbearable or mean to her friends, really, this season. You know what I mean? They finally, like, make her... I don't know. I guess we can talk about whether or not it's because they're fucking beating her up or not that she becomes a bearable character. But I don't well, think that's it. Well, but remember, I was really happy last season with Melanie helping out Kathleen with her eating disorder mm-hmm. that Kathleen warmed up to Melanie towards the end of the season. And I really liked that development. So I think it's just kind of carrying through that Kathleen actually views Melanie as a friend now rather than just somebody who she could be an asshole to yeah no I I totally agree with that because as I was saying that I thought her character you know we say this all the time with the girl characters they have to go through something traumatic in order to become like likable I think Kathleen was kind of likable before this happened like I know she didn't really have too much prior to like Scott in this season but I think even in the beginning, when her and Scott were good, she was still, like, bearable. Like, sure, she was, like, ditching her friends a little bit to go sit with him and, like, whatever. But I think they were happy for her. So it, I think it was a little bit different than, like, the Lucy situation where she was ditching her friends and they were kind of like, this is a bummer. I think at least Kathleen's friends at first were, like, okay with it because they were happy she had a boyfriend. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't think she ever really ditched her friends, really. It was just, like oh, this guy invited me to go to his football game. <laughs> I'm just going to go. See you later. Oh, yeah. I was thinking more like at lunchtime, but I think that kind of ties into when he started to be abusive. So it might have been different. Like she might have been like, oh, I'm going to go sit with him because he's going to freaking beat me up if I don't. But let's let's talk about different things regarding that. I I want to ask you, do you feel like the transition from them being a normal couple to the abuse was like a good transition (laughs) or like a bad transition so it was definitely pretty abrupt right I think it's that's the word yes (laughs) like it's it's just the I think it's just the first episode where they get together and then the next episode that we see them I think the first scene is like him grabbing her hair Yes, I was completely caught off guard that that happened in a public place, of all things. But I think they did the abuse plot, like, kind of good. I think they did a kind of a good job for what they were doing. What do you think? I thought it was pretty well done. Like, I'd say the, maybe not my favorite (laughs) part necessarily, but the 
part that I appreciated the most was when he was really demeaning her acting abilities to kind of make her dependent on his recognition of her or whatever. Absolutely. They did almost every trope that you could possibly do for abuse. They did the, it started with the physical abuse and then, you know, he's apologizing and then he abuses her again, but then he buys her a gift. Then he abuses her again, but then he says he loves her and he verbally abuses her and is like, well, like, I love you. Am I not enough? Like all this stuff. I think that it just went back and forth so well that it makes it makes sense why she was staying, especially because we know her background as well. We know that her home life is pretty unstable. And although she has good friends and like she seems to be doing well in school and theater is really important to her, like, why wouldn't you want a boyfriend? You know, like that's like such a fun part of life when you're in high school. So for her to have a boyfriend too, it'd be like, nice, this is great. But it just what it obviously didn't play out in the way she wanted. And I don't blame her for staying in it as long as she did, which no woman should ever be blamed or man should be blamed for that. And I kind of like that they didn't blame her at all. Her friends were never like, why are you dealing, putting up with this? Like in a way that was blaming her, it was more like you deserve better. Yeah. What do you think though? Like she was she was really the only person who was blaming herself. She was like, oh, I made him mad by flirting with Luke, even though she knows she didn't flirt with Luke. And that I, I think the the big piece with the Luke thing was she knew she didn't do anything wrong, which is why she lied to him to go rehearse with him. Cause she was like, Yeah, I know this isn't a big deal, but he sees it as a big deal because he is stupid. So I'm just going to lie to him so I could do something that I know isn't a big deal. And I think that is that was really like the first step, I guess, of her getting away where he wasn't able to control her as much when she realized how unreasonable he was being and like actually recognizing his abuse. Yes, absolutely. I was thinking that too when... Oh my gosh, I can't remember exactly what ugh, I should have wrote this down. This is my bad. I wrote I watched the whole thing without writing anything down because I was like so into it because this was such a good season. <laughs> but I remember at one point he either like it was either she, he broke the necklace. I think it was before that because I feel like when he broke the necklace, she was like not she was like not taking that. But she was like, yeah, I guess I could have been a little bit more of this or yeah, I guess I shouldn't have been this. Like she was rationalizing him being so mad. Mm-hmm. because he like tried to make it up to her and she was like yeah I guess it's kind of my fault that I was late like I it's okay that you beat me up right like exactly what you were saying right so like when I think the the first Luke thing was he pushed her against the locker and was like yelling at her against the locker and right. then he apologized to her and that's when she lied so I think like the timeline like you said, just adds up with at first she's blaming herself, but when it gets to the point where it doesn't make any rational sense, not that it ever really did. Yeah. Like when it got to the point where you couldn't justify anything at all, even a little bit, that's when she started lying to him. And then when he really beat her up, throwing her around the classroom, that was when. Yeah. Like, okay, she already had, like, one foot out the door when she lied to him. 
And then that was like, okay, <laughs> this is not a good place for me to be anymore. No. How sick to your stomach did you feel when he closed that door after Luke left? It was so scary. I was like, I wished. I mean, I know Luke obviously had no idea what was going on because why would you ever suspect that like a high schooler is beating up his girlfriend? But I just wish he was like, are you sure you're okay to be alone? But you wouldn't ask that, you know, like you'd think that everything would be safe. I was just like, Luke, no, don't go. Stay, please. I mean, Luke is also a dumbass who would not pick up on that, even if he said, get out, I'm going to beat her up. Yeah, part of me wished Wheels walked in. Wheels is, like, so good, because he was good with Lucy. Right? Uh, yeah, but I think that, although, you know, I hate that it leads to growth, I think it was important that Caitlin kind of figured this out on her own. And she did. Like, she realized, she's like, I'm not, I mean, unfortunately, it took for her to, like, break her arm. But I think it was such a big moment for her to be like, I don't deserve this. This isn't safe for me. And, oh, my God, when she showed up to school with all those bruises on her face, I wanted to cry. I was like, nobody deserves this. She's, like, 13. She's, like, 14 years old. Like, it's just so wrong. And then I think I mentioned this last season with Kathleen. And then you briefly alluded to it before but this even though it sucks it does make sense for her character given the alcoholic mom the low self-esteem from the eating disorder that I'm not sure if that's ever explicitly alluded to at any point but that's of course something that you're still going to be dealing with a year later and then the self-esteem issues of course come up again where she's like oh yeah I guess I am a shitty actress even though my teacher told me I was really good, I'm just too young. I My boyfriend said I'm shitty, so I must be shitty. So it, it adds up like with her background that she would allow this to happen to her for, I mean, I guess it was only one episode, but for the number of times in that episode that she allowed herself to get hit, it right. adds up with like, her background of low self-esteem and not having adult support systems and such. Exactly. I think that she, unfortunately, is a good character to have this happen to her. I think she was a, she's a good character, or Lucy is, and we already kind of saw that with Lucy and the teacher, unfortunately, like, preying on her, and then we kind of saw that with Clutch being so fucking... I don't know why. We'll get to Lucy eventually, but Clutch being, like, not great to her either, and I'm glad that we didn't also see an abuse plot with her. I think that would have been a lot, so for Kathleen to have one, it's, like, unfortunate, but it does fit. But I think because she overcame her eating disorder, it made her less likely to continue in this relationship with this guy. Like, I think she had kind of built up that those friendships. She's kind of overcame that hardship. We don't really know what's going on at home, but we do know that she eventually realizes that she deserves better, and that's, like, really important. Throwback to Ali Bindari, of course, and her horrible, horrible situation, where at least Kathleen didn't marry him, but, <laughs> you know, can't ask for too much here. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's kind of that's what I think of, too. I think of Unfortunately, like the Ali 
situation was like way more dramatic, way more unrealistic. Like it just was where this seems to be more realistic in like a abusive relationship situation. Yeah, I'd say it's more similar to Rick and Terry. Yes. Yeah. Almost a, and like almost in a different way too with Rick and Terry because Rick said like negative things to Terry and he would like push her around but I no actually no you're right it's like very very similar sorry I was trying to like backtrack and think about it no it's it's that's pretty similar we're just lucky Kathleen didn't go into a coma over this right and get written off the show absolutely yeah because I don't know if this was purposeful but I feel like Rick abused Terry in like an alleyway or something like at least once or twice right yes yeah it was like behind the dot maybe yeah and then I feel like the scene it's it's the last time he abuses her and gives her the broken arm I think that's in like a similar type of like alleyway type of thing it seemed yeah I think you're right it kind of gave me the same type of vibe it's just like such a scarier situation because you're out in public, but like nobody knows that you're being hurt. And I think of that, that's like so scary too, because it's just, they're so willing to just do it and like, don't give a shit if someone like sees almost, you know, it's kind of like the same thing with him, like pushing her up against the locker in school. Like why wouldn't anybody walk down that hallway? But it's almost like they don't care. Yes. Oh, Yeah. Yep. So even though it was really tough to watch, I think that they did a pretty decent job at the whole arc of it, in my opinion. I think it kind of, like, went into it super fast. Like, we might, maybe should have started with the verbal and then went into the actual physical abuse, but, like, you know, you never know. Some of that shit catches you off guard because you're like, oh, that person would never do that to me. That must have been an accident. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Kathleen. Don't hate her this season. That is for sure. I'm proud of her. Yeah, I also like how, like, at the end of the main episode, like, the the first episode where, like, the abuse is happening, she leaves. But then there are several episodes after that where Scott is still apologizing to her. And it seems like, not not maybe that she wants to go back to him, but that it's taking a lot in her to say no. Oh, yeah, which makes sense, too, because he's showing her this love through these gifts. And to her, she's like, oh, he's saying he loves me. Like, he knows what's best for me. He's sending me flowers. He's fixing the necklace that he broke. Like, he's putting an effort. That's what it looks like to her, is that he's putting in this effort to fix their relationship. But in reality, he's just, like, putting a Band-Aid over it in hopes that she'll forget and, like, let him just keep doing what he's doing. So fuck Scott. I do wish that the school got involved, but like, what are you going to do? Can't have it all. Well, she did call the police at the end there, right? She did, but we don't really see. We don't really like talk about it after that. It kind of is over. Like, you're telling me that shit wouldn't spread around school? Yeah. That wouldn't be the newest hot ass. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would have been interesting to see like, any of Scott's friends or anything like being involved in this yeah I wouldn't have minded a scene where Scott's like now I'm being shunned and everybody hates me and it's like good 
that's what you deserve. They're like, I wish there was more of a negative. Like, I wish there was more of a negative. God, what am I trying to Consequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides the police being called. Like, I kind of wish there was, like, a social consequence for him as well. But that's, you know what? I'll take what I can get from Degrassi. They did a really good job. Yes. Anything else for that specific plot for Caitlin? Or Kathleen? Sorry. Too many too many names that sound familiar in this. Somewhere. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Struggling. It's Halloween weekend, guys. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the only other thing for me is, like, you briefly alluded to earlier, just how good Kathleen's friends were with all of this. How, like, when Scott, like, goes to apologize to her at one point, like, she's sitting at the cafeteria with her friends. And I think that if she was alone, she would have been much more viable to go back to him. But because she had friends who, like, didn't judge her for anything of like that, she was able to keep her distance from him. Yes, absolutely. Shout out to Melanie and others. And speaking of her friends, do you want to just finish off with the Maya plot? That's kind of part of this. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Maya. I'm happy they finally gave her a plot. It kind of stinks that it has to do with her disability. Like, I understand why they did it, but we've always been seeing Maya kind of in the background. I know she's like always talking to Caitlin. And now we kind of see her giving Caitlin a lot of advice too this season which I do like that and we'll talk more about that I'm sure when it comes to it so I do like that they're showing her with Caitlin and I think that this plot was definitely important in a sense that it's not our job as people who aren't I don't know non-disabled or just aren't disabled to like make the decisions for people who are disabled and I think that was a really good plot to show part of me wonders like okay is Maya actually in a wheelchair in real life? Like her actress? I would think so. I'm not 100% sure, so I didn't want to say that. But I do know that Degrassi used to ask the character or the actors, just like, hey, like, what do you think of this? Or like, where do you think your character is going to go? Or like, whatever. So, so part of me wonders if they were like, hey, what is something that you struggle with as like a, a wheelchair user? And she's probably like, oh, people assuming I can't do things. And then they have that plot. And I think... I felt it when she was talking about it. I was like, she's doing a really good job. Yeah, like you could really just hear the disappointment in her voice where it's like, you guys didn't stop for two seconds to think maybe there could be some way that we can make this work. Right. And that's exactly it. They didn't stop and think about it. They were like selfish in the moment. And I don't think that they wanted to exclude Maya. I don't think that they didn't want her there because they don't like her personality. I think it was just a genuine dumbass moment. I think they're, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like your friend lives far away. So it's like, do we invite the friend that lives far away? Oh, I don't know. It's like, a, it's really, really inconvenient for them. So maybe we shouldn't invite them and we'll invite them next time. It's like, why don't you just invite them and let them make that decision yeah. on whether or not. And I think that's exactly what this is with the wheelchair. And I love when she goes off on them. It's so good. Yes. She like names seven different movie theaters she names like she's like my mom literally could have driven us like she's like you're not wrong the wheel it isn't wheelchair accessible but here are seven other different places that are and when we could have went and I was like you go girl yeah and actually 
I think when they were making the plans in advance for like going to donuts or something, I think it was Diana who was like, oh, wow, making several days in advance plans for donuts. Can't believe you have to do that. Diana, what about right? What Wasn't that something that happened? I think that that also soured me against Diana, where I was like, I hate this girl. That's funny. I don't remember that part exactly, but I would totally, that makes so much more sense why you hate Diana so much. <laughs> if she also said something like that. Yeah, because it's like, okay, so you're going out for donuts after school on like Friday instead of Tuesday. Like, what's the big deal? Like, include your friend. Who cares? Yes, include your friends. That's the moral of the story. And I, the thing that I liked about it, too, was I know you kind of have it on here as like more of a middle school plot, in your opinion. I think that it is, it's just not a dramatic plot. I think it's more of just a real-life plot, and that's why I'm like, cool, that it's not a PSA, no one's getting abused, no one's parents are dying, like, you know what I mean? No one has a child. It's just, like, a normal situational plot, and I appreciated that. I think that's more mature than what they usually do for middle school, honestly. Yeah, I guess this was... I guess I kind of see this a little as a PSA where it's like, hey, this is how you should not treat disabled people in your life. I could see that. I guess the other way they could have went around it to make it a PSA would be like making more of a point for wheelchair accessibility, but they didn't really do that. I feel like if Caitlin knew about this, she would have been like writing a petition to this movie theater ASAP. Caitlin's busy protesting against nuclear weapons in this season. She's busy. Yeah, oh my god. She's going to court and whatever. Yeah. Overall, I liked it. I appreciate Maya in this season. I like her a lot. I'm glad she got something. I just, you know, if she gets anything more, I don't want it to just be like a wheelchair-related plot. It's kind of like what we say. Like, we don't want it to just be about, like, characters' plots are usually about them being gay. And, like, we don't want that all the time we want some personality plots as well yeah but even though maya doesn't have any i don't think she has any other plots like this um or like or plots at all honestly but like she is in this season at least she is pretty consistently around like you said she's always there to talk to caitlin and she's an awesome friend to caitlin yes so even though she isn't getting her own plots I still get a sense of who she is as a person and like she has an awesome personality. Like I'd say she's probably the best friend on the show at this point in time. Yeah, I think she does a great job and you're so right. I do appreciate that they show her in the background and that she's around. And I think in this sense, she kind of just reminds me of like how Liz is to Spike in a sense. Like Liz hasn't really had her own plots in this season. She kind of like tags along in other people's plots. And that's kind of like Maya. Like Maya's there to give advice. And I like her. I like her a lot. I think you're right. I think she's like definitely up there for best friend in this. She lives up to her, I guess, um, descendant's name, Maya Matlin. Oh my God. Selective parts of Maya Matlin. Maya's a great (laughs) friend. Oh no, she's a great friend, but she's other things that go on very different oh, yeah yeah for sure for sure I'm just thinking in terms of both 
Miss Maya and Maya Matlin are great friends, no matter what. Except to maybe Zig's girlfriend, who is her friend. But, like, that's okay. Don't worry about that. Zig's girlfriend? What's the girl's name that ended up leaving the show after one season that Zig cheats on her with Maya? Corey? Yeah, not a good friend to her, though. (laughs) Well, she was, like, 12 at the time. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, anything else for any of these characters? I think that's all I got for these. Cool. All right, we got the boring characters out of the way. Go us. Love that. And next time, we're going to talk about way more interesting characters. We're going to touch upon Caitlin, Joey, and we're going to throw Arthur in there. Arthur and Caitlin got some things going on this season. Arthur's a horny kid. We gotta talk about him. (laughs) Gotta love the horny flats. (laughs) Throw some middle school in there, of course. Yeah, so that's our plan for next time. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you soon.